The Morning Brief with CTV political analyst, former advisor to a prime minister, Scott Reed. Good morning. Hey, Jer. I'm going to read you something here. The public park has become a private party grounds with music blaring, regular campfires, rampant open drug dealing day and night, sexual assaults, stabbings, overdoses. Residents have reported they have witnessed and experienced racist, sexist, homophobic, verbal attacks, physical assaults, intimidation, aggressive and violent behavior. Is this the south side of Chicago, somewhere in the hood in New York City? No, it's Allen Gardens in Toronto. In the hood in New York City, you sound so dangerous, Jerry. Um, yeah, you know it's. Look, I mean, this has been an ongoing issue, and this is the time of year uh, where it's going to be an issue, obviously. Um, and I think it's one of the reasons that people feel like the city isn't working. Uh, you know, our homeless issue is exceeding our ability to manage it. And so people go to camps and they set up their own camps. And oftentimes, you know, you got mental health issues. Oftentimes you have people say, I don't want to be in one of those shelters. Shelters don't feel comfortable, even if there is space. And so then it escalates to the point where it becomes either unsafe or unsafe for the community and the community rebels. And so, and then you'll get a clear out. And it seems like this cycle repeats itself. I wish I had a smart Alec answer that said, and instead what they should do is this. But I don't, um, because what they're doing is they're just they're they're moving the, the the chess piece around the board because we don't have a good answer, we don't have enough resources, and you know we don't have we don't have an answer. We've become a giant city, and with it come the problems of a giant city, and it's it's uh, it's very frustrating. Yeah, but the thing is, we have laws, and they're not being upheld. And in one case, okay, so somebody set up a tent, and they put up a sacred fire, and they've got indigenous people there. And you could say, oh, well, isn't that nice? Well, then, can any church, any religion just also take over a chunk of the park? Is that how it works now? Yeah, I don't know. Those are all theoretical arguments, in my view. And I think the practical problem is there isn't space. And so what happens is people tolerate it to the point where it becomes intolerable. Then they do a clear out. That creates confrontation. And, of course, people in the area become alienated. But I don't know that enforcing it, like, you know, this kind of, you know, small crimes approach of Rudy Giuliani from the early 2000s, people like to talk about it. It doesn't actually work, especially it doesn't work if you don't have alternatives. Um, you know, it's it's. Uh, you know, so they try to strike this balance. They try to, you know, tolerate it until it becomes intolerable. For some, it's never tolerable. And for many, um, it's a sign that the city isn't working. And I don't know what the answers are, but unfortunately, it starts with money. It starts with a lot of money for mental health programs. It starts with a lot of money for shelters. Okay. Uh, all of which may be true and not a reason to let a uh, certain group of groups of people, um, often very uh, down and out and dysfunctional and dangerous people, take over a park. And Chris Moyes, who is the counselor for the area, has a dashboard on his website, which includes numbers of people who are in the park who have been offered a place to stay and they won't go. Yeah, but that's... <laughs> Right. So what you do, should you handcuff those people? What we do ultimately is we just clear them out. We wait again until it becomes an absolutely broken scene where the park is unusable by other people. And finally, folks erupt in, uh, in displeasure. But, you know, if you're going to enforce it on day one, uh, then you're also going to have a problem. So, you know, I, I there's no immediate answer. And for people to say, well, you know what, just enforce the law across the board and that's that, that will also not work. Um, because as you point out, many people 
people don't want to go to the shelters. Many people who are there have mental health challenges. And so what do you do? Drag those people away by their the cuffs of their uh, pants? I, I don't know. Okay, but just because they well, I don't want to go there. Well, you, you know, okay, then we don't want you in the park. So now we've got to decide. And at some point, yes, actually, you have to manage the lives of people who can't manage their lives. I mean, and unfortunately, we don't do that. And then, well, we do do that. We do do that. We just don't like the look of it, right? So what we do is we put up with it for a bit, and then we come down on them and we clear them out of the park. So you're saying is you would like to see it be done earlier, but I don't think that that's going to be actually managing it any better. It doesn't make those people go away. It doesn't make them, you know, be less of a danger to themselves or to others. So, you know, I, I, I like the, it, it isn't as easy as saying, just tell people they can't go in there and too bad. It doesn't work that way. No, telling them they can't go in there doesn't work, but hoofing them out does. All right, so another park issue here, and this is city councilor and mayoral hopeful Brad Bradford put out a couple of videos. One, he was driving while doing the video, and the TikTok traffic cop told us a few minutes ago he didn't break any traffic laws because he wasn't holding the camera uh, while he was talking. But his other video, he is he's changed his mind now, I guess, because he voted previously, as far as I understand, against drinking in the park. And in his new video, he says... Hey everyone. Brad Bradford here. It's a beautiful day in Toronto, so we decided to take the campaign team meeting outside to Trinity Bellwoods Park. We're having some patties and some tall cans. When I am elected your mayor, I will make sure that you can legally, responsibly enjoy some refreshments in our city parks within the first 100 days. There's lots of summer left this year, so it's time for less talk, more action. Together, we can get this done. Hey, cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, so for uh, as a guy who's worked in politics, Scott, is it a mistake to show yourself breaking the bylaw while you're saying you'll change the bylaw? No, I don't think that's a big problem. I, I, I think the challenge is twofold. Um, one, uh, incumbent candidates are going to be held to account, and if they're taking a different position they had in the in the past, then people are going to call them out on that. That's life in the big city. By the way, I'm not always sure I want a candidate who's incapable of changing their view or saying, well, let's be honest, I voted that way because I was part of a block that was led by the mayor at the time and I wanted to stick with that block. But, you know, in my heart of hearts, if I was in charge, I'd do it differently. So you almost need that attending ex- explanation. I don't really have a lot of time for the traffic thing. As the cops said, you know, it's not, it's not breaking the law. But look, I think there's another issue, you know, for, as a campaign professional where you go, you know, it used to be in the old days, I'd buy an ad and I put the ad up and people might complain, but like, whatever. They liked it. They didn't like it. They responded to it. They didn't. Now, of course, you suddenly have this impression because it's just put out on Twitter and Twitter's a toilet bowl. So suddenly everyone's like, yeah, I hate you, blah, blah, blah. And then people go, golly, is there a backlash? Maybe there's a backlash or maybe it's just 12 cranks or maybe it's 12 people who are legitimately uh, opposed to him or maybe it's other campaigns or maybe it's all of the above. And so once you put it out on Twitter, once you put it on TikTok, once you put it on Insta, you're going to get hammered, uh, you know, unless you disable comments. And if you disable comments, comments, well, then you're not um, not really being an open and inviting candidate. So it's a, it's, it's a tough time to run this kind of stuff and because you don't have, you have shoestring budgets and nobody can afford ads. Yeah. Um, you said you, you don't mind a candidate that's capable of changing their mind. Is that what you said? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but I, you know what they, happens then, uh, Scott, you know what happens? I mean, it's happening right now with Doug Ford. He lied. Well, my view is you should be judged on your policy, right? So if you're going to change your view, then defend that view. Um, so I don't have a, I don't have a, I'm not as wound up about the fact that Doug Ford said he would never do it, although I was skeptical at the time that he meant it. I have a problem with what his policy is. And okay. I think if people say, I got a problem with the way, you know what? I'm wrong. 
let's put it this way. If people want to call him out because they don't like the fact that he changed his mind, then they can do that. If they want to call him out because they don't like the policy, that's fine. All I'm saying, I guess, is ultimately people are going to do that. And so if you're going to change your mind, I think you have to add a little bit of an explanation as to why and let people have that perspective in context. Okay. How much time when you were in Ottawa do you spend at 24 Sussex? Yeah, a bit. Yeah, for sure. I certainly knew it well. Is well, it, a, it was it, it was breaking at the seams back then. I mean, remember that was twenty years ago, twenty okay. thirty years ago. I was there a lot with Chrétien, a lot under Martin. Um, there was a big hole in the uh, in the so called sun deck. Um, Stornoway is a much nicer residence for what that was worth. But look, um, my view on this is that all of those official residences should be owned by a separate institute. They should be funded. They should have permanent budgets. And I think now, unfortunately, I've always been of the view that we should uh, rehabilitate and rebuild. Uh, uh, 24 Sussex. I don't like the idea of tearing it down. I do think it has his historical significance. Our friend John Moore doesn't agree with me. But, um, you know, it's obviously it's gotten to the point now where it's so decrepit that, you know, they're just they're just spending money to keep it from being uh, a home for coyotes and uh, and uh, near-do-wells. Well, my understanding is they've started doing work on fixing it up, but they're not 100% sure they're going to keep it in the first place. Yeah, I don't think they're doing work on fixing it up. I think that they're compelled, as long as they haven't de- destroyed it, to get rid of asbestos. I think that that's almost like you can't have asbestos. Sorry, um, cancer walls must come down. Cancer walls. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with it. I mean, yeah, it has a cool look, but you can also build cool-looking new things. Um, so there's that. But, Scott, thanks very much. Good to have you. Thanks, Jerry. Have a great week.